Hi, this is Gospel of Kennison, episode 74, uh, brought to you the week of August the 6th, 2018. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. Last episode, we were looking at a blog by a gentleman that goes by a false name from a website called biblicalgenderroles.com. What my intention was last time, as I said, was to use last week's article as an introduction because at the end of, of that article, and just go back an episode and listen, the, the spoiler of the whole thing is that the guy keeps talking about porn specifically and how if the husband wants to look at porn, the wife shouldn't have a problem with that. And I remember thinking, I'm like, dude, this guy, he's, he's really into porn. Well, lo and behold, I found an article on his blog called 10 Common Arguments Against Porn. And it's similar to the 10 things that you might need to go to counseling for. So he's doing the same thing here. I have no way to prepare for this and sit there and chew up and spit out. What I'm going to do is just mostly read it to you kind of line by line and commentate on it a little bit. I'm, I'm no theologian, but I do want to start by reading Proverbs 5 because he starts his argument with this. And I want to read it to you in the contemporary English version. Like I said, I, I enjoy it uh, for casual reading, written at a third grade reading level. I love this edition. Uh, NIRV is also a good one to read to your kids and stuff. But here we go. Proverbs 5. Hey, my son. I just added hey. My son, if you listen closely to my wisdom and good sense, you will have sound judgment and you will always know the right thing to say. The words of an immoral woman may be as sweet as honey and as smooth as olive oil, but all they really, all you really get from being with her is bitter poison and pain. If you follow her, she will lead you down to the world of the dead. She has missed the path that leads to life and doesn't even know about it. My son, listen to me and do everything I say. Stay away from a bad woman. Don't even go near the door of her house. You will lose your self-respect and end up in debt to some cruel person for the rest of your life. Strangers will get your money and everything else you have worked for. When it's all over, your body will waste away as you groan and shout, I hated advice and correction. I paid no attention to my teachers and now I am disgraced in front of everyone. You should be faithful to your wife, just as you take water from your own well. And don't be like a stream from which just any woman may drink. Save yourself for your wife and don't have sex with other women. Be happy with your wife you married when you were young. She is beautiful and graceful, just like a deer. You should be attracted to her and stay deeply in love. Don't go crazy over a woman who is unfaithful to her own husband. The Lord sees everything and he watches us closely. Sinners are trapped and caught by their own evil deeds. They get lost and die because of their foolishness and lack of self-control. As the old folks would say, amen. Argument number one. Porn is wrong because men are to only take sexual pleasure from their wives. Scripture pretty much says that to me. <laughs> uh, where was it? Where was it specifically? You should be faithful to your wife and don't be like a stream that just any woman can drink from. Uh, he says the argument that some people try to make from passages like this is that God requires that a man receives all of his sexual pleasure, both physical and imaginary, <laughs> imaginary sexual pleasure. The two kinds of sexual pleasure I would define would be God pleasing and then uh, lustful and and diabolical and in wrong. Okay, maybe that's what you were trying to go for there. I'm not sure, but you, but you're saying that sexual pleasure, both physical and, and imaginary. There's no such thing as imaginary sexual pleasure unless I'm just imagining uh, having sex with somebody. I guess he says they use scriptures like this to require that men get all their pleasure from their wives and her alone. That means not only is she to be the only woman he has physical relations with, but also he's only to be turned on by her form. He is only to have sexual dreams or thoughts about her. All of his energy is to be focused on her. That is not what the Bible said, first of all. I, not that I disagree. I, I, 
I'm just going to say some things real quick. Just because something comes into your head, men, does not mean that it is normal or right. Like I said, there is two kinds of sexual pleasure, the, re- the good kind and the bad kind. And when I walk around the mall or a beach or a naked bike race <laughs> that I accidentally fell upon the other day, go listen to that story show if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I am tempted, and I guess he would call it tempted to have uh, sexual pleasure. I, I don't want to go that far. I, I'm just tempted to to look. You know what I'm saying? And I and I I reject that, and I don't. I don't look. But my friend said it's not when you look; it's when you look back. You can't help it when you look because you see it. It's when you look back that you've sinned, and so I don't look back. My wife, I stare at constantly if I can get her to walk in front of me long enough. And that's what the Bible is saying here in Proverbs 5. Obviously, back then, Mr. Dude, they didn't have virtual or imaginary anything. It was either your wife or some woman or someone you paid. So it's going to be really difficult for you to, in my mind, delineate between actual sexual misconduct whether it is physical or, in your words, imaginary. I would say virtual because it's a two-way street. You're say, it, the Bible says that we are supposed to take our sexual gratification from our wives and that we are supposed to keep our sex pure for her. Okay? Pretty, pretty cut and dry when you read it here or in any translation. It's pretty obvious that that's the standard. Um, we also know that lust is a, a deadly sin. Matter of fact, it was one of the first sins. So you got to be careful here, sir. Um, you can believe whatever you want, but you can't say that. <laughs> it just blows my mind. The guy's trying to say that porn's okay. That's my point. Every man struggles with what they see. Okay. Men are very visually stimulated. And if they allow themselves to get caught up in that, then yes, they can have a sexual reaction to it. But that's where self-control comes in. And that's where doing the right thing comes in. You see a woman that is very attractive and she's kind of blowing your mind. You turn away. Now, this guy is acting like just because we are attracted to other people at times, like, you know, you look at Brad Pitt and a girl's going to be like, woo, 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 and she's married, you know. He acts like just because that is the case that uh, now we have to accommodate it for it. We have to make it biblical for that to be okay. Anyway, he says, now one can imagine how such a philosophy sounds great to women. Most women desire these things from their husbands. Really? Most women want to be the center of their husband's universe in the same way that children often desire to be the center of their parents' universe. I don't know that I agree with that. Um, A healthy relationship is 100% giving of self, not demanding that someone be the center of your world. Uh, I think most women would want a man to be faithful to her, uh, even in his eyes and in his thought life, because it would make her feel secure. It would make her feel beautiful and make her feel like she's enough, you know? But that's not what this passage is saying. He says, it is referring to a man having sexual relations outside of marriage. I agree. I agree. One of the many purposes for which God designed marriage was for the protection of men, women, and children. Keeping sexual relations within marriage protects women from men simply taking advantage of them and then leaving them with an illegitimate child to support. Keeping sexual relations within marriage also protects men from the jealousies of other women's husbands because if a man has sex with another woman's wife, he is literally taking his own life in his hands. Okay, (laughs) so not a whole lot of mentioning about um, there's no mention of morality It's one of the many purposes that God designed marriage was for the protection of men, women, and children. Uh, That is true. Um, But I would say that if that's the basis that you're going to make for your entire argument, then you've left out a lot of stuff. Uh, He says, this is what this passage is addressing. Men should not be running around having sex with women that they are not married to and potentially producing children. He says the B word. 
to run the streets with no father to guide them, protect them, and teach them. Okay, again, one small sliver of the purpose of marriage. But this passage does not restrict men from deriving sexual pleasure from any woman other than a woman they are married to. Yes, it freaking does. <laughs> it restricts men from having sexual relations with women that uh, they are Wait, it restricts men from having sexual relations with women they are married to, and there is a di big difference. I'm assuming he means not married to. Okay, so I'm imagining, first of all, he got his scripture reference wrong. He said Proverbs 15, 15 through 20. I had to read um, Proverbs 5, 15 through 20 to get the same uh, scripture that he referenced. <laughs> Let's see. It restricts men from having sexual relations with women, they are not married to. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. And there is a big difference. Um, in fact, just think of the absurdity of which a position that men may only derive sexual pleasure from viewing women they are married to. Imagine that, guys. Can you imagine? What normal red-blooded man did not have sexual thoughts about his wife when he was, she was his girlfriend and then fiancé before they were married? If he did not, I submit to you that he was either asexual or homosexual. But some Christians actually take the position that premarital sex arousal and sexual thoughts, as opposed to premarital sexual relations, are the result of corruption of the sexual nature from the fall. They actually believe that God originally designed us with a sort of switch that could only turn on our sexual attraction to our spouse after we were married and then we would only have sexual thoughts of them. Um, he bases this completely on nothing. Absolutely nothing. And again, what he's saying, what normal red-blooded man did not have sexual thoughts about his wife? Well, sexuality, again, has uh, a proper place and an improper place. And yes, when you first meet the woman that you are going to fall in love with, you see her on the outside. She's attractive to you. So you go in there and you meet her and you get to know her. Sometimes it doesn't work out and all the good looks in the world ain't going to help nothing. But sometimes every now and then, actually just once for me, you find someone whose insides are more beautiful than the outsides. And yes, <laughs> yes, you get closer and yes, you struggle with temptation and yes, you struggle with lust. Um, and you struggle with sexual arousal and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't make it right to give into it, mister. It, it's not like we expect you to have a switch that suddenly turns off. What we're saying is um, that there is no switch. It's a decision. It's not just because you have these natural inclinations as a man does not mean that you should be able to give into them anytime you want. What, what red-blooded American man did not have sexual thoughts about his girlfriend and then fiancé before he were married? Uh, if you didn't, by the way, you're either gay or whatever asexual is. You just don't have a gender, I guess is what he's saying here. You don't have sex parts. It, some Christians actually take the position that premarital sexual arousal and sexual thoughts, as opposed to premarital, are a result of corruption of the sexual nature in the fall. Um, I would not go that far. I would say they are normal and and predictable. Um, and that's why when you are dating, you do not get alone with this person. <laughs> you know, if you're trying to have a, uh, a Christian relationship, you're not going to want to be alone with them. Um, in, in a place that would allow you to do things you're not supposed to do plain and simple. If you've committed to each other to be pure until marriage, you will make that decision. Um, but this guy is, is not trying to make an argument for that. He's, he's building up towards something else. So, so far we're pretty, we're pretty deep in here. One of the purposes of marriage is to protect men, women, and children to keep, uh, uh, kids from running around without dads. Um, and then on top of that, we build that it doesn't restrict men from having sexual pleasure from any woman other than the wife they're married to. Uh, it restricts men anyway. It's so confusing. It's not even written well. Um, in fact, he says, I think the absurdity of such a position that men may only derive sexual pleasure from viewing women they are married to. Or, or in fact, just think of the absurdity of such a position 
um, <laughs> that they may only derive sexual pleasure from women they are married to. Sir, it's called lust. When you look at something and you want it for yourself, especially when you're thinking about marriage here, your wife, that is called lust, my man. And there's no getting around that. You're wanting something from someone else that you can't get. And that should o- the Bible says you should only get from your wife. Oh my gosh, the two will become one flesh, not the two and whatever virtual imaginary woman you want to throw in there with her. In summary, he says the answer to this first argument is that the Bible does not call on people, either men or women, to suppress their sexuality until they are married. Instead, they are called to channel their sexuality and experience it within the bounds of God's law. All right. He is also pro uh, masturbation. Just want to say. Um, I'm not even going to go there today because I just know that um, that that lustful thoughts is what makes masturbation possible. Okay, at least for men. He says that means no sexual relations, be they physical or virtual. There's that word between them and other people before marriage. It does not mean no sexual arousal, no sexual thoughts, and no masturbation before marriage, as it is so often falsely taught in Christian circles. So apparently we we can pick and choose here what what is wrong and right based on what this guy is saying. Um, so we're not allowed to have sexual relations between them and another person before marriage, but... We can have sexual arousal, um, sexual thoughts, and masturbation before marriage. So he's basically saying here, he's, he's leaning everything off of this chunk of scripture and saying that it, it has to do with physical, physical contact. That anything that doesn't involve physical contact is okay. Where I read a Bible that says, um, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5, 28. Thank you very much, Bible. You're always there when I need you. Um, so that pretty much does away with the virtual idea. He says that we're allowed to have sexual arousal, sexual thoughts, and masturbation before marriage, and that that's okay. And meanwhile, <laughs> Matthew's telling you, that if uh, you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery. So, uh, Mr. Mister Man, you're wrong. Argument two. The Bible says Christians are not to be involved with porn based on the word pornea in the Bible. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy them both, it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Yeah, I think we're better off reading this in context. Uh, in verse 12, the, the entire passage uh, or the area of this scripture is having to do with honoring God with your body. He's He's been writing a letter to these folks telling them a lot about uh, immorality and who they're mixing and mingling with. Uh, some of you say we can do anything we want to do, but I tell you that not everything is good for you. So I refuse to let anything have power over me. You also say food is meant for our bodies and our bodies are meant for food. But I tell you that God will destroy both. We're not supposed to do indecent things with our bodies. We're to use them for the Lord who is in charge of our bodies. God will raise us from death by the same power that he used when he raised our Lord to life. Don't you know that your body are part of the body of Christ? Is it right for me to join part of the body of Christ to a prostitute? No, it isn't. Don't you know that a man who does that becomes part of her body? The scriptures say the two of them will be like one person, but anyone who is joined to the Lord in spirit is in spirit with him. Don't be immoral in matters of sex. That is a sin against your own body in a way that no other sin is. You surely know that your body is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit is in you and it's a gift from God. You are no longer your own. God paid a price for you, a great price. So use your bodies to honor God. Let's see what he's saying here. The Bible condemns Christians being involved in pornelia, which is the root of our English word porn. As he's saying pornelia is um, fornication. And then in verse 13, the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, which is the, root, the Greek word por- pornea. And he's saying that Christians are saying that's the same thing as porn. And I would say, no, 
No, it's not. It's just the word. And that alone is not enough to make something wrong because we don't use dictionaries and thesauruses to prove the Bible right or wrong and decide what it says. Um, we use the word of God to explain itself. Um, he's bringing in a lot here. He's saying that at the time of Christ, he and his apostles, that this meaning expanded to, to include all forms of sexual immorality. And he, and he talks about homosexual orgies and all that kind of stuff. I have to go by what the Bible says itself. Okay. We're not here to prove or disprove anything else other than, um, that he says porn is okay for Christians and married men and unmarried men for that matter. It says, don't you know, your bodies are part of the body of Christ. Is it right for me to join the body to Christ to a prostitute? So it deals with prostitution. Um, and it says, don't be immoral in the matters of sex. This is a sin against your own body. So I guess he gets away with being able to add these things into the negative immorality. I just, I, I just am interested to see how just this one area somehow escaped from, from all of the things that the Bible says are immoral. He says the writer of Hebrews tells us that all sexual relations outside the marriage bed were considered sexually immoral activities. Hebrews 13, four, let's look it up. Have respect for marriage. Always be faithful to your partner because God will punish anyone who is immoral or unfaithful in marriage. Uh, Hebrews 13, four, he, uh, he says also shows us that even consensual monogamous sex between a single man and a single woman outside of marriage is a sin. Uh, okay. That's not what this verse says. It says that we should have respect for marriage and be faithful to your partner, uh, because God will punish anyone who is immoral or unfaithful in marriage. Context is marriage, son. Though I do believe that any sex outside of a committed relationship blessed by God between a man and a woman is sinful. I don't think this verse is the one I would hang that hat on. He says only sexual relations between a man and a woman with the bounds of marriage is honored by God. And every form of sexual relations outside these are a sin against God. Okay. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I have also argued on this blog since the Bible condemns sexual denial in first Corinthians Seven five. Let's look it up. Context seven five. Now I will answer the question you asked in your letter. You asked, "Is it best for people not to marry?" Well, having your own husband or wife should keep you from doing something immoral. Husbands and wives should be fair with each other about having sex. A wife belongs to her husband instead of to herself, and a husband belongs to his wife instead of himself. Remember what we said about hundred percent giving of self. That's not mentioned conveniently in, in this reference for that he's using. So don't refuse sex to each other. See how context changes everything? Unless you agree not to have sex for a while in order to spend time in prayer, then Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. In my opinion, that is what should be done. Though I don't know of anything the Lord said about this matter. Okay? So this is also his opinion. I wish that all of you were like me. Single. But God has given different gifts to each of us. So context is uh, that you and your wife are belong to each other and you shouldn't hold yourself from each other unless there's a reason that you're both committed to so that they will not be able to be tempted. Tempted by what, you say? I don't know, porn maybe? So he's saying that he has argued that the uh, Bible condemns sexual denial I don't know that it condemns it. It actually just says that you guys should be fair with each other because you belong to each other. I don't, I don't know that that's a con condemnation. You know, he was careful to say the Bible condemns sex. Um, this is Paul and his opinion. He put it in there and he made it clear that God doesn't really talk about how often you're supposed to have sex. But uh, let's see what Exodus, he says Exodus 21, 10 uh, and 11 has to say, uh, I'll go ahead and read it in NIV. If he marries another woman, he must deprive the first one of her food, clothing, and marital rights. If he does not provide her with these three things, she is to go free without payment of money. Okay, so Exodus, it has been proven, Jesus even said it, that, um, that, that there was a lot of rules made because of the condition of the people's hearts, divorces, and things like that. So um, I don't think that 
says anything about sexual denial in marriage. So I'm moving on. But here's the problem with including the production or use of pornographic materials as a form of pornea. Unlike other sexual sins like incest, homosexuality, orgies, adultery, and bestiality, premarital sex, or sexual denial in marriage, the Bible never condemns the production or enjoyment of sexually related imagery. Wow. Okay. So there it is, folks. The Bible doesn't explicitly say no porn. It just says, I don't know, no lusting. It just says, stay faithful to your wife. It just says, don't do anything immoral sexually. Um, It just says, don't be joined together with a prostitute, which is basically what a porn star is. Someone that is having sex for money and then letting other people watch too. Um, (laughs) So are you with me on this? If it can be proven by other words in the Bible that the production or enjoyment of sexually arousing imagery by believers was wrong behavior, then it could be considered pornea, but that is simply not the case. Of course not. No, 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 no. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right because they weren't making sexual magazines or videos back during uh, Jesus' time. Absolutely allowed now. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Um, I mean, they didn't, they, they didn't have the internet either. Um, so the Bible doesn't say anything about the internet. So you know what? Do whatever you want on the internet. The Bible doesn't say anything about uh, fat free yogurt. So that's good. Bible doesn't say anything about, I don't know, take your pick. How many bicycle tires you're supposed to have. Um, that's why we have standards. That's why we have guidelines because the Bible didn't address every single little tiny thing, but it did address lust. It did in Matthew, when, when it says, if you look lustfully at a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. I think that pretty much wraps it up. If you would quit going into the Bible with an idea of what you want it to say and instead read what it actually says, then you would have an argument and could actually make, make uh, you would actually have a different opinion, but. Argument three, Christ and his apostles would have disapproved of porn if they had it back then. Um, I just want to disagree with that on on principle. I I think Christ would have disagreed. I think the apostles would have loved some porn if they had had it back then uh, because they were terrible people. (laughs) Argument four, the Bible's condemnation of sensuality condemns pornography. Um, Okay, so he uses Ephesians uh, 4... 18 and 19. So let's let's uh, pick out those particular scriptures here. Context. Okay. So in context, as a father of the follower of the Lord, this is uh, this is Paul writing to the Ephesians. As a follower of the Lord, I order you to stop living like stupid, godless people. I always like whenever I hear a, a verse that starts with there, like their minds are in the dark. I like to know who they are. And, and in this verse, obviously, they are stupid, godless people. Their minds, the stupid, godless people's minds, are in the dark. And they are stubborn and ignorant and have missed out on the life that comes from God. They no longer have any feelings about what is right. And they are so greedy that they do all kinds of indecent things. But that isn't what you were taught about Jesus Christ. He is the truth. And you have heard about him and learned about him. And you were told that your foolish desires will destroy you. And that you must give up your old way of life with its what? Bad habits. Let the spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. You are created to be like God. And so you must please him and be truly holy. Good Lord. Good Lord. That, that convicts, convicts me and I'm, I'm arguing for this. <laughs> so he's saying lasciviousness is an old word for what we now call sensuality. Let me, let me find out where lasciviousness would be. Uh, have the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past fleeing have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Okay. So Ephesians says they are so greedy they do all kinds of indecent things. All right. So lasciviousness is, is an old word for what we call sensuality. That is not true. It is not true. It's, it's, it's an old word 
for indecent things. <laughs> it is very common because of the ignorance of the word meanings today for people to believe that being sensual is equivalent to being sexual, and that is not true. Okay? Lasciviousness or sensuality, as it is called today, referred to the overindulgence or overobsession with any kind of pleasure, not just sexual pleasure. If a person is obsessed with drinking or eating, they are engaging in sensual behavior, just as the person whose entire life is focused on sex is engaging in sensual behavior. Oh, boy. How about we read that again? <laughs> just real quick. He uses a lot of eating metaphors in here, so he, he probably has some food fun stuff too, but uh, lasciviousness or indecent things, as we will call it, it has to do with the overindulgence or over-obsession with any kind of pleasure, not just sexual. If a person is obsessed with drinking or eating, they're engaged in what? Instead of sensual, indecent things. Just as a person whose entire life focuses on sex is engaging in indecent things. But just as eating or enjoying the sight, smells, and taste of food is not sensual in and of itself, neither is a Christian enjoying and exercising their sexuality considered sensual in and of itself? And instead of sensual, we're going to put the words indecent. Okay. Cause that's what it really means. Lasciviousness is not sensuality. It's indecency. Because again, there are two kinds of sensuality. There is sinful sensuality. And there is uh, the kind that God made for married people to enjoy. We cannot make our enjoyment of our sexuality or exercise of our own sexuality, the central focus of our life. I agree. Just as our hunger for an enjoyment of food must be kept in check. So our hunger for enjoyment of our sexuality must be kept in check. Absolutely. I don't know how you can fit such truth in the midst of all this. So again, the Bible's condemnation of lasciviousness or what we now call sensuality is not a specific condemnation of the production or use of pornographic images. There it is. Okay, so basically everything but the pornography is in the lascivious and sensual falls under that category. The, the Bible's condemnation, condemnation of lasciviousness or what we now call indecent things is not a specific condemnation of the production or use of pornographic images. Okay. Okay, man. I don't even need to say anything. Ooh. See, if you make words whatever you want them to mean instead of what they actually mean. You can, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. Argument five porn is wrong because it causes people to lust. And he, he quotes this, the scripture I did. Whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery. Let's see what he says. Porn is wrong. He's quoting because it causes people to lust. And Matthew 5, 28 says we should not lust. This is probably one of the most common arguments that Christian teachers employ against the use of pornography problem with this argument is it rests on false understanding of lust from a biblical perspective. Most Christians and even non-Christians believe that lust means to become sexually aroused looking at someone, but this is not the biblical meaning of the term. The apostle Paul tells us what lust is in his epistle to the Romans. Romans 7, 7. Let's read it, shall we? Does this mean that the law is sinful? Certainly not. But if it had not been for the law, I would not have known what sin is really like. For example, I would have not known what it means to want something that belongs to someone else unless the law had told me not to do that. Paul is not defining lust here. He is in no way trying to define lust. He's talking about the law. And he's talking about that if the, that the law had a purpose. And, and it did. It had a purpose. It was to point out what you were doing wrong. And he said, if I didn't have that, how would I know what God considered right or wrong? He's comparing and contrasting the New Testament and the Old Testament. He is not defining lust. Okay. Anyway, he says, according to Romans 7, 7, covetous, lust is covetousness. Covetousness in the Bible is a thought sin, which precedes any other action sins like theft murder, adultery, and fornication. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Uh, I, I do believe lust starts with a thought. I mean, duh. That's why he says it that way. And I believe you can lust for a lot of things. Like not only somebody else's wife, you can lust for somebody's position in society, somebody's, uh, uh, you know, money. 
All this stuff. So I'm going to continue where he left off. Before a man ever steals another man's car, he has a covetous desire to unlawfully possess his car. So he's put two or three different words in between lust and, uh, and, and, and him now by saying that it's covetousness. It's a thought sin. Precedes action sin. Um, before a man ever kills a man for his position of power, he had a covetous desire. We just said that more or less ourselves. Before a man has sex with another man's wife, he has covetous desires to unlawfully possess that man's wife. So does pornographic imagery cause sexual arousal in the same way we get hungry when we see a picture of our favorite food? <laughs> see his food fetish here. But sexual arousal is not synonymous with lust, biblically speaking. Using the food analogy, if I am aroused by the sight of food and I even imagine how good that food would be to eat right there, that is not the same as me desiring to go and steal that food. Am I saying it's impossible to cause someone to lust sexual speaking? No. Let me illustrate with two examples. Well, let me let me talk about this for a second. Okay, so now we're comparing women with a picture uh, or a picture of a naked woman with the picture of a favorite food. And he's saying that it arouses us. Okay. I would not use the word arousal when I look at food. I do not lust for that cheeseburger. Um, if it was somebody else's cheeseburger, then I could be covetous and I could lust after it. But when it's just a picture in a magazine, it's not a good example, sir. Um, that's not somebody else's hamburger. That is a hamburger that is presented so that I could order it and eat it. So using your, um, own definitions here than pornography, basically saying it's no less harmful than uh, a hamburger plate. Basically, he's just saying I, I can lust without sinning is what he's saying that as long as I don't act on it, that it's okay. And didn't the verse he's pulling this, out of say the opposite of that, that if I even lust after them, that it's just like adultery. He says, let's go to a restaurant and there's a beautiful waitress serving my food. Just because she's not wearing a bed sheet over her entire body, it does not mean she is trying to cause me to lust. But even if her outfit shows some cleavage, that does not mean she is trying to cause me to lust. She may believe that by showing a little cleavage, she will cause some arousal in me and get a bigger tip, but that is not causing me to lust. That is causing me to be aroused. And there is a difference. <sighs> there, there's no difference. <laughs> it's causing you to be aroused. Why are you letting yourself be aroused? That's my question. Why, why is it necessary for you to sit there and, and stare? Um, just because they put it out there does not mean it's right. And just because it's a, a, a natural thing in your body does not mean it's right. Let's take that same waitress. And instead of her acting in a normal manner, she begins to talk sen sexually to me and bend over sexy in front of me. Man, he's, he's really thinking this out. He's sweating while he's typing this. Uh, or maybe she, she presses her cleavage together in front of me. He's writing porn. Uh, he, 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 he believes in it in every form apparently. So now we have moved from mere sexual arousal to someone trying to invite lust. And this is not just inviting lust anymore. It's really a form of sexual relations, even if they were only virtual and not physical. And this is restricted by God to marriage. Can you remember that part that he says? Because I agree. I don't know why virtual comes in here. I guess he's saying there's no contact between the two people. But the mere act of a woman or a married couple photographing themselves nude or having sex and distributing that image via a website or other publication is not synonymous with a person trying to cause others to lust. <laughs> what? What is the point? What is the point of putting poop? porn pictures of yourself on the internet. What is the point of that? The point is to make people lust after you. Now, should the distribution of an image be done with the intent of causing another to lust or could, could it be done? Could it? Oh, could it? I can't wait for the answer. Absolutely. But it truly does come down to the thoughts 
and the intentions of the heart. So when I'm looking at, at Debbie and she's tied up to a, to a mattress and five guys are going at her from every direction, I have to ask myself, what was the intention of their heart when they put this up? I'm sure it was to glorify God in some way. Argument six, porn is wrong because we're enjoying other people's sin. He uses Romans uh, 132. So we're going to use Romans 132 as well. We're just going to check his work. Romans 132. They know God has said that anyone who acts in this way deserves to die, but they keep on doing evil things and they even encourage others to do them. And his version says, who knowing the judgment of God that they wish to commit such things are worthy of death, but not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. One version seems to be saying that they are getting off on other people doing bad things. Uh, CEV seems to say that they are encouraging others to do them. Let's find out who they are. I always like to do that. All right. So one thirty-two. Um, everyone is guilty. We're going to read a lot from heaven. God shows how angry he is with all the wicked and evil things that sinful people do to crush the truth. They know everything that can be known about God because God has shown it all to them. God's eternal power and character cannot be seen, but from the beginning of creation, God has shown what these are like by all that he has made. That's why those people don't have any excuse. They know about God. So who is it? Um, the wicked and the evil. Okay. They are the wicked and the evil. They know about God, but they don't honor him or even thank him. Their thoughts are useless and their stupid minds are in the dark. I love a version that has the word stupid in it so much. They claim to be wise, but they are fools. They don't worship the glorious and eternal God. Instead, they worship idols that are made to look like humans who cannot live forever, like birds, animals, and reptiles. Kind of reminds me of people that worship naked pictures of people. Anyway. Uh, so God let these people go their own way. They did what they wanted to do and their filthy thoughts made them do shameful things with their bodies. They gave up the truth about God for a lie and they worship God's creation instead of God who will be praised forever. Amen. God let them follow their own evil desires. Women no longer wanted to have sex in a natural way. And they did things with each other that was not natural. Men behaved in the same way. They stopped wanting having sex with women and had strong desires for sex with other men. They did shameful things with each other, and that has happened to the, what has happened to them is punishment for their foolish deeds. Since these people refused to even think about God, he let their useless minds rule over them. That is why they do all sorts of indecent things. They are evil, wicked, and greedy, as well as mean in every possible way. They want what others have. They, they murder, argue, cheat, and are hard to get along with. They gossip. They say cruel things about each other. They hate God. They are proud, conceited, and boastful, always thinking up new ways to do evil, like porn. These people don't respect their parents. They are stupid, unreliable. They don't have any love or pity for others. They know God has said that anyone who acts this way deserves to die, but they keep on doing evil things, and they even encourage others to do them. So we've got a lot, a big old list of things that they, the evil people are doing and encouraging other people to do. So let's see what he says after one verse. So the Bible is clear that we're not to take pleasure in watching others sin. Now it's more that we are not supposed to get off on the fact that other people are, no, it's not even addressed to us. It's, it's addressed to evil people. I'm sure it applies to us too. I'm just saying in the context, he's talking about evil people that they are so messed up and they've been given over to a depraved mind to the point that they love not only doing these bad things, but they love seeing other people do them and even encourage other people to do them. The Bible is clear. We're not to take pleasure in watching others sin. Okay. Um, that's not exactly what it means. So how does this relate to pornography? If we look at it and enjoy an image that has been created of a man and a woman having sex, and if the couple who were photographed were not married, are we not taking pleasure in their sin? Before we answer this question, we need to talk about what porn actually is and how it is produced. I love how we don't answer the question. We have to put two or three levels of, of fluff between us and the actual deal. There are several ways porn is produced. Sometimes a woman just takes selfies with her cell phone and puts it on a website. Perhaps a married couple will photograph themselves and put it on a website. 
in, in these first instances, there are Christians that would agree neither of these two things are sinful or wrong in and of themselves. No, I would, I would disagree. I would disagree. If you want to take a picture of your wife, you know what? If you want to take a picture of yourself, good luck. It's the uploads it to the website part that I got issue with and what I believe everyone in the right mind would have an issue with. Um, that's your business. And just like looking in the mirror, um, you see an image of yourself and that is not wrong. But if you shared that image with other people, then you would be, uh, causing them to lust. And I don't know what any other intention you would have, uh, for doing that. So I, I don't know a Christian that would agree they did agree that means they like looking at porn but what about unmarried couples producing images of themselves having sex and then posting those images online or to further this point what about professional people who get paid to have sex so they can capture the image let's hear what he says about that if a christian were to enjoy watching one of those movies or looking at a still image of one of these unmarried couples having sexual relations are they not doing what god clearly condemns and taking pleasure in people sinning together i submit to you, the answer is no. Let's go back to biblical times. Let's take a journey, shall we, to where porn was okay. Let's go back to biblical times. Let's say we have an artist in the city of Corinth. Why not? Corinth is a good city. It's a city that the Apostle Paul founded a church in. This artist is not a Christian. He likes to create erotic works of art for people. He gets his inspiration from going down to the brothel district where a lot of sexual activity takes place on a regular basis. He sometimes can see in the windows of various houses because he's a perv. As couple, I, I added that. As couples are engaged in illicit sexual activity, the artist takes a flat piece of smooth stone and paints a beautiful image of a man having sex with a woman. And when he is finished, he adds this piece to his collection, which he sells in the marketplace. If you were to come by and buy this erotic image he has produced, would it make any difference what the inspiration for the piece was. Whether he was inspired by watching a married couple or a prostitute having sex with a man that was not her husband, I would argue the answer would be no. What the freak? <laughs> okay, so basically what he's saying, let's, let's, let's pull it. He said we had to go back to the Bible. He didn't go back to the Bible. He went to biblical times. So let's bring it back up to now times. And let's say there's a photographer and he's walking around his city and he takes pictures of people picking up prostitutes. He takes pictures through the windows of people having sex, whether it's prostitutes or even married people. He takes these pictures, he prints them out and, or he posts them to the internet and he is selling them. Does it matter where they came from? I would argue the answer is yes. I would argue the answer is a very yes, because you know why? Because you're buying a picture of a naked couple in a marketplace in your Bible, your Bible time analogy here. That would be wrong. You don't buy a picture of people being naked, no matter if it's painted or if it's on a picture on the internet. The reason he says you would not be taking pleasure in others acting sinfully, but rather you would be taking pleasure in an image of sex, which we are designed by God to be aroused by and enjoy. We are designed by God basically to be aroused and enjoy porn. What a deep purpose this man has for our lives. I'll tell you, didn't he just get through saying that? <laughs> oh, wait, what was it? I don't even remember what it was. He said something about that a contact, whether virtual or real, uh, wouldn't that be wrong? It's really a form of sexual relations, even if they were only virtual and not physical. And this is restricted by God to marriage. He just says that you would not be taking pleasure in others acting sinfully. You would be taking pleasure in an image of sex, which was designed by God. And uh, that's ridiculous. Oh, let's compare it to food. <laughs> okay, let's do that real quick. Let's compare it to food. If you were to see an image of one of your favorite plates of food, would it be sinful for you to enjoy the image of that food if the ingredients to make that food were stolen? 
Oh my gosh, help me, Lord. Would it be sinful for you to drive down the street even if the man that built it was shortchanged $10,000 and was never compensated? Would it be sinful for you to eat a lollipop that was poured by a sex offender? Would it be wrong for you to listen to worship music through a stereo system put together by a Buddhist. Um, we can just go on and on and on with this, and I would enjoy to. But um, he says the problem is we're talking about guilt by association or source criticism, which many Christians, even non-Christians, engage in. When I was growing up in Baptist churches, they often taught us this method to declare that many things were sinful to enjoy. We could not enjoy a certain song. We were told we couldn't go to movie theaters if you really want to play the I disagree with the way something was produced game, do not buy those products and check out government websites that show all kinds of products from coffee toys and whatever. Okay, it's a little different. Just a tiny bit different. If if I buy a toy that was made in China in a big old factory, okay, um, that person had a job and they weren't doing anything immoral and they agreed to do that job and I know I'm speaking very simply, okay? I'm not trying to get into any political thing. I'm just making a point that it's it's pretty dang clean. They ship it over here. They mark it up. I buy it. I'm done. We're not talking about sexual stuff here. We're not talking about immorality here. We're talking about a sweater or some ice cream or, or a cup of coffee. The fact is, those that oppose the use of porn use arguments against porn that they would not apply to their favorite coffee or clothing item they'd like to buy, which is something I just did. But no one bothers to substitute coffee for porn. That's right. By God, we need to do that right now. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to take all my wife's curries out and I'm going to wrap up some porn and shove it right on in there because then it would reveal the absurdity of the argument. I say not putting porn in there shows the ignorance of your argument. You, you have associated an immoral activity with something that is absolutely normal to do, to go buy coffee. You're, I know you're arguing source, but what you're saying is the source of the coffee is bad. And if Christians knew that, they wouldn't buy the coffee. So your argument should actually be that porn is wrong because we don't know the source material. We don't know if it was legit, if it was a married couple. We don't know if it was willingly taken. We don't know that they weren't paid. Of course we know. Of course we know why it was put up. It was put up to make you lust. It was put up to get banner ad hits. It was put up to make you want to buy into some website so that you can buy the, the full video or whatever. This is ridiculous. This makes me sick. I'm going to skip ahead. Ugh, seven. What is seven? Porn objectifies women and therefore is wrong. Yes, I agree with that. It does. It does. What does he say, though? Gosh. All right, let's find out what his argument is. I can't just scroll past it. Okay, he says that men objectify people more. Most men see people first and foremost for their functional abilities. That's why male managers typically uh, are much better at firing incompetent employees and female managers. That's a fact right there. He has no proof whatsoever. <laughs> when a commander sends men in a mission, they do better than women. That's basically his point. Even in the political arena, men are better. Men are awesome. They're the best. In the same way, men more easily sexually objectify women than women do men. It is because men naturally look at people for their functions and attributes first. And then their person second. So if a man sees a beautiful young woman, he sees her for her sexual function first and her person second. That is a perverted mind right there. That is the very, the very definition of a perverted mind. If you look at a woman and you see her for her sexual functions, you are a pervert and you need to pray to God to transform the way you look at women. You can see someone as attractive. You can see someone as good looking or having uh, nice features without sitting there thinking about their sexual functions. It's ridiculous. And the fact that there's men out there like this that claim to be Christian and, and they would walk past my daughter and think of her sexual 
what is it? What do you say? Function. Sexual function first. It just makes me sick. It makes me sick. And you know what makes me sicker? Is this guy's put thought into it and come to this. Most men just walk by and just lust. I got more respect for that than this guy. And I got no respect for either one of them. But if I did. I would argue that man's more natural ability to objectify people for their functions and attributes is by the design of God. It is what makes men better than women in the world of politics, business, science, and... Ca- I don't even have to say anything about that. You know. You already freaking know. Just eight. Porn causes men to become sex addicts. If you if you read up on um, uh, serial killers, all of them started with pornography. I'm not saying pornography makes you a serial killer. I'm not saying that it even makes you addicted to it. I'm just saying that at some point, it's it's like anything that releases endorphins in your brain... You're going to need more and more of it, different kinds, different variations. Um, and eventually um, you'll either quit like I did, or you'll have to seek out more and more dirty stuff. So yes, it is a, it is a gateway. It absolutely is. Argument nine, porn makes men desire sex less with their wives. Yes, it does. So how do we explain the men who would rather look at porn than have sex with their wives? The answer to that question is it was not the porn that took away their desire, but rather other psychological conditions that did this. The porn was simply a way to cope with their emotional and mental issues. Yeah. In some cases, it has nothing to do with the wife's behavior. Oh, by the way, he spent the first half blaming the wife. Um, but if it's not wrong, why do we need to blame anybody? I don't know. I don't know. The porn gives him a way to meet his sexual needs without having to be intimate with his wife. For other men, they use porn as a type of psychiatric drug or yeah, psychiatric drug to deal with their depression instead of getting professional help. But in all these cases, porn is still not the underlying cause of the problem. Oh, no, 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 let's not blame porn. Porn's not the problem. Let's go to the hamburger on the plate thing. It's not the hamburger's fault that I want to eat it. It's just sitting there all yummy and I want to eat it. Uh, we have to face the fact sometimes when a man would rather look at porn and masturbate than have sex with his wife. It, and it does have everything to do with her. If a woman has stopped caring for her appearance, gains 150 pounds, and lays around in sweats uh, all the time, some men are going to lose their physical attraction to their wives. But maybe a wife has kept her figure. Uh, but not long after marriage, she becomes unsubmissive and contentious or perhaps has regularly sexually denied her husband and tried to control her sex life. All these things have nothing to do with a woman's appearance can drastically increase altogether. So any reason he may be looking at porn to meet his sexual needs is because of his wife's physical appearance or her treatment of him or his sexual needs. Basically women are the devil, except for the ones on the internet without clothes on last argument. Would you want your mother, sister, daughter doing this thing? Oh, this one's good. This one's good. This one's so good. I'm just going to read it because I don't even need to comment. Now this last argument is one that's often used after all the other arguments against production and use of porn fail. Now, as Christian men, none of us would want our mothers, sisters, or daughters to work in the professional porn industry that has women having sex with men who are not their husbands, as this behavior violates God's law and the design of sex first and foremost. But it's okay to watch it. It's okay to to look at it because you don't know what the intention and the origin was. It's not wrong, but we wouldn't want our wives and daughters to do it. He says, but let's take sex outside of marriage, outside of the equation, which we all agree is wrong. What if your mother, sister, or daughter were to take a nude selfie and post it on a website? What if your mother, sister, or daughter were to submit a sexually explicit photo of them having sex with their husband, which would be either your father, your brother-in-law, or your son-in-law? This guy's got a mind, I tell you. This is where most men get tripped up. And it's actually one of the most popular reasons men try to quit looking at porn and condemn themselves for looking at porn outside of religious objections to porn. The trick is if you answer no to your mother, sister, or daughter, allowing sexual images of themselves to be produced, then why is it okay for you to derive sexual pleasure from looking at images of other people's mother, sisters, or daughters? If you answer yes, that would be okay to make and distribute these kind of images. And it makes you sound like a pervert because After all, what normal man would want to see sexually arousing images of his mother, sister, or daughter? So, at this first question, it looks like a no-win scenario, but 
This question can be answered in the same way that Jesus answered trick questions. Oh boy. In Matthew, because he was always answering questions about how to, how to get around the pornography rules. Jesus, how should we look at pornography on this rock? I will build my church. Okay. The Pharisees asked whether it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. Well, if he said yes, he would appear to be a Caesar fan. People would not like him. If he said no, then the, 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 they would tell on him to the Romans and the Romans would, would, you know, get him in trouble and all this. So he answered their question with a question and gave them the answer. And that's how we need to handle this question. Okay, guys, this is how we do it. This is the last ditch effort to make porn legitimate in our Christian home. So your answer when you hear this question is to ask whether it is right for a man to be sexually aroused by the sight of a woman. The answer to that question is it depends on the relationship of that man to the woman. If she is not his mother, his sister, or his daughter, then he is not forbidden from being sexually aroused by the sight of that woman. Ah, disagree. I totally disagree. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This guy here, I'm telling you, he goes to the restaurants and he looks at the women and he gets sexual arousal from them. And then he thinks God's cool with this. And he has Bible verses that he thinks backs it up. And they don't. They don't at all. <laughs> if she is not his mother, sister, his daughter, he is not forbidden. If he is in a position to marry her, he is not wrong, even in pursuing her hand in marriage so he can have sex with her. The answer is that if we accept that it is okay for men to be aroused, by the sight of a beautiful woman, we must accept that men will be aroused by the sight of our mothers, sisters, and daughters, even though we are not because of the uniqueness of our relationship with those women. And if it's okay for men to be aroused at the sight of mother, our mothers, sisters, and daughters, then it is okay for those women under the right circumstances to display their sexual beauty, whether through clothing or being nude. And we as men must be, must be okay with this. Must be. We must be. We must be absolutely okay with this. So again, his, his tactic is to put two or three levels of fluff between him and the reality. So let's take all his fluff out. Um, he says, would you want your mother, sister, or daughter doing porn? And his last argument is it's okay for those women under the right circumstances to display their sexual beauty through clothing, being nude, and we must be okay with this. Take all the fluff out. That's his argument right there. Mama, get naked, go online. Sister, you too. I can't judge you. Um, I will celebrate your beauty, blah, blah, blah. It's sick. It's sickness. That's pretty much what the rest of his blog is about. Questions and answers by topic. Let me just read some of these. Uh, why did God make man and woman? Can Christian women teach you? Uh, why did God make marriage? Are marriage licenses required? Does sex make people married in God's eyes? I'm sure it does. Uh, is having sex before your wedding a sin? Does the Bible approve a forced marriage? I bet it does. What is the millennium age for marriage according to the Bible? What is the minimum age? So he's wanting young brides too. For what reason does God allow celibacy? Um, I don't know. Is polygamy a sin in the Bible? <laughs> I bet it's not. Seven proofs that God allows and blesses polygamy for, polygamy for men. Absolutely. There it is. Answers to six common arguments against polygamy. What is the difference between a concubine and a wife in the Bible? Gee, I don't know. Huh? I don't know. And then biblical sexuality. Porn can actually help Christians avoid premarital sex. How can masturbating and watching porn glorify God? How the church made sex dirty. Isn't it wrong for a woman to dress in a way that causes men to lust? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's no such thing as holiness. You can do whatever you want and have the Bible back it up. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray in my heart that I've not caused anyone to stumble, um, but only showed and, and, and really just laid out the, the, the hard truths about porn. It's, it's not good. It's not good for the people who are involved in the industry. It's not good for the people who uh, perform, the people that shoot it, the people that distribute it. There are documentaries out there that prove such things that, that these women are mistreated. They, they don't have as many choices as, as it appears that they do. Um, we're even just talking about the high profile folks. There, there's just tons and tons and tons of women forced into this industry all over the world. And then the fact that you're uh, uh, 
partaking in that, uh, you're not supposed to lust, period, about anything. It's a sin. It's a sinful thing, and you're not supposed to sin. You're supposed to be holy. And I think I've proven that with this very scriptures that he claims uh, back up his message. So anyway, I'm done with this guy. Uh, if you want to read more about him, he's got a beautiful website, biblicalgenderroles.com. Maybe he'll make a convert out of you. But as for me and my house, we will read the actual Bible and uh, use our common sense to interpret it rather than just deciding that whatever I want is okay. And I will find verses to make that happen. Guys, enjoy this episode. I hope you did. Thanks to all the patrons out there that are supporting the show. Uh, you can find out more information about this and other shows at nlcast.com. Um, the website for this show is gokcast.com. You can send your questions, input, feedback uh, to james at nlcast.com or call them in 209-5-NLCAST. But uh, we also love seeing people on our Facebook group. Um, just look for NLCast community in Facebook and uh, ask to join. We'll throw you right in there. You can talk your guts out. So until next time, uh, ask your parents, your sisters and brothers, you want to put some naked pictures online? Dude said it's fine. Good night. <laughs>